yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio, as always, by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. William, how are we? I'm good. It's some quality time this week, just the two of us. I'm sure our listeners are, are delighted. <laughs> QT. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Looking forward, looking forward. How are things? How are you? You were regaling Good. us off uh, off air with tales of your illegal driving on the way here just to get here in time. Yeah. Probably not speaking out of school. You are speaking out of turn, yeah, <laughs> and um, out of school too. Uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, look, had to be here, you know, or we have a lot of, we have a, a loyal listenership and I didn't want to be uh, too late. Plus, obviously you two guys, their time is very, is important to me, so I just yeah. wanted to... I suppose try and reflect some of that. Yeah, you might uh, be able to expense the fine. By, by putting everyone else on the road's life at <laughs> risk, I try to save a bit of your time. So. You, you might be able to send in the fine as an expense, you know, you know, get it, get it, get it taken uh, care expense of. Expense to the end of. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Although they just got bought out today, so maybe. Yeah, yeah. Our new Belgian overlords, you know, we might be <laughs> yeah. featuring some Belgian what rugby. What, what does this mean for us, do you think? Well, for me, I could be shipped to Belgium at a moment's notice. <laughs> I could be working in Antwerp next week or, or you know, Groningen in the Netherlands and, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't they know. Didn't, you didn't even make it to Brussels, though. No, no. Um, it's early days, early yeah, stages. Wait and see how yeah, if there's any trickle down effect of the little minions like this. <laughs> but sure, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. we might get Mike Ford, is Belgian rugby head coach, very briefly. I don't know if he still is. We might be able to get oh, yeah. <laughs> some sort of connection there. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a long shot. But uh, look, it's good to be in. Uh, exciting enough times, um, I suppose. A lot of good news, I think, for the for the for the league particularly. Uh, in Treviso getting in or Benetton excuse me Jesus yeah. you're you dinosaur habits. it's like when Neo Francis calls the scholars Clinletley you know you yeah <laughs> look I might call him that from time to time too so <laughs> lay off Frano um, so yeah no it's good it's, it'll, it'll be a good week I mean it's disappointing for Munster they didn't get in it was a very very close run thing in the end but I think probably on reflection over the course of the year I think Glasgow do deserve to be 
just a hair. It's a, it's a hammer blow for Munster though in, in terms of like, you know, going to the RDS versus hosting, you know, would have would who they've been hosting. I, I can't think off the top of my head. They would have had a home semi final anyway, but they're they're a big difference. Uh yeah, it would be a big difference, definitely. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. But I think those games with Leinster are a bit um they're a tight run thing. Like they could have won that one a few years ago. Was it two last last, last season? Year, yeah. Sorry, 16, excuse 15, me. Um, they had a few good opportunities in that game and they'll have they'll be confident enough, I think, um, off the back of that game in Thomond Park. Now it is a different beast at home, but I still think that was a tight run game last year and I still have a weird feeling that this could be their year for the for the league. Don't yeah. ask me why. I know it looks like one. it's a, but I don't know why it's a. It, I feel like it's it's. I know it's probably a longer shot now. They have they don't they won't get the the home semi final, mm. um, but it's just my gut feeling on it. I don't know why. You could say that it's actually a better time to get Leinster in the semi final, albeit they are away from home purely because like they have the Saracens game the week before. Like a week turnaround is after either winning or losing a Champions Cup final is very difficult to get back up. I'd imagine for a, a massive knockout game seven days later. No, it certainly is. It it absolutely is. Um and. Like that's a big, big challenge to get your head around, and that's probably why I might be leaning that way. And I think Leinster as well. Like the the Champions Cup is still the jewel in the crown. It's still the one that they'll be all they they'll be going home for that one. So like, if there's any injuries, if there's any doubts, I still feel like they'll be confident at home, confident enough in their ability at home uh, to maybe leave one or two guys out. That's genuinely how I well, feel. Like Johnny about Sexton it. didn't play in that game last year in the semi final. Mm. You know. uh, look, and they have able deputies. It just uh, look. Don't ask me why. I'm only making this assumption based on Your gut. a few, based on my gut. Yeah. So like, it, it's probably fairly presumptuous to think that they wouldn't put out their full team. But that's just where what I feel about it at the moment. Um, I could look like a, an absolute idiot, mm -hmm. or more of an idiot than usual, <laughs> depending on your well, view on me. It would be. It is so big for Munster to win a trophy. Like 2011 is a long time ago now. You know, like. The, Oh, it's a, it's a, it's 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 a career for yeah no like no Peter it is. Man, Peter Manny still hasn't won a trophy with Munster. I know, and it's crazy uh, to think a guy his quality, and they've had good teams. Like I think they they struggle for a bit of identity for like a few years. They were trying to change maybe a few a few too many things around, and those transitional periods are tricky, especially when like the majority of the team, even a lot of the leaders, were still quite young. Mm. Um, they're a more mature team now. I think. Uh, they the pack looks excellent to me. I think there's probably a missing piece somewhere in the back line that I think they need to add. Interesting to hear the talk today. I was going to say, yeah, that regarding a, a that, coach, yeah, yeah. Mm. is that a certain or OG? Do you think? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Too soon for him, or what? Are you, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. What is that a like? Is that a move? Is that a move up for Raj currently? No. I don't think so. Um, now financially it probably is but uh, you know just in terms of his rugby learning uh, the journey he's on there the timing is suspicious however mm. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm just not sure like I it, it, Roger's career is going to be an interesting one the yeah. next move is going to be very interesting because the Crusaders are going like really well so and, and I'm sure that's a massive learning experience down there mm. uh, is the next move for him into a head coaching role I, you, I you would suspect it's probably a little bit off that currently um, I think maybe international still, assistant in some Something like that, yeah. I think, is the next move for him. Um, or a more senior assistant role, you mm. know, maybe uh, under a director of rugby or something like that. I know mm. that sounds like a head coaching role, but maybe in a smaller... I, I, I don't know what his next move is. Um, like a head coach under a director of rugby. But it makes sense, yeah, given yeah, yeah. the timelines. I understand why people are jumping to that, saying, yeah. oh, could it be him? And there'd be a huge excitement around that. Uh, 
and Van Grand seems to be a very easy guy to work with by all accounts. Seems to be very friendly, very pe- you know a people person. He'd be a guy that you probably would think isn't that autocratic and mm. difficult to, and he's probably not an, up in all your ideas and trying to put his hands and everything. Now, this is from afar. I just, that's my sense of it. Like he's, you know, the best man at some of the, the, the um, not the Stormers, the Bulls, weddings and like a few of those guys. Yeah, he's uh, been groomsmen at like some outrageous yeah, exactly, wedding. Yeah, yeah. So like Fury Dupree, I think was, if spoke really highly of him as a coach. So I think he's a good guy and obviously has had a big impact on Munster. It's the next level for them. They haven't replaced Ebo for me. That's been a missing piece for them. So, um, can they do that next year? Have they? And I think they have a good platform to go and, I think, sell the Munster. The, sell Munster. I think they're in a good place. They're right there. It's funny when, when you mentioned that, like for, for Leinster, obviously the Heineken Cup or the Champions Cup rather would be mm. the jewel in the crown. I feel with Munster as well, in particular Munster, almost like they put so much stock in their European history and their pedigree that when they're out of the tournament, it's such a deflation for them. Like the fans mm. as well. Like I don't think they've really care that much about the league they don't think they ever have like the RDS is usually packed out for every league game like the fans mm. seem to get behind the league a bit more than maybe the Munster fans who I think still just they just love those glory days of when they were like kings of Europe and so many great memories and I just think when they get knocked out of Europe don't really know how much stock the fans anyway and does that seem to the players probably not maybe maybe I'm just you know. Oh, it's a uh, listen. It's a it's a free country. Yeah. Uh, there's always uproar about <laughs> anyone it. can they, be as sensi- stupid as they want. They can be a sensitive bunch. No, no, sorry. I, my point is yeah. that uh, people will get uh, uptight and, and annoyed about you saying those things. I think, um, but I would probably agree. I think there's, it's always fairly deflating to go out of the European Cup, especially in the manner that they did. Mm. I think there was probably a few glimpses of opportunities, but really, I think Saracens were on top in that game. And yeah, we did really talk about it last week because we had Jack Coden and we kind of focused on the Leinster game. Like, what were your overall thoughts? It, it seemed pretty similar to the game two years ago in terms of how Saracens strangled them. Yeah, it was. Like, I, I think if I look at it, I would say that I still think they're missing it. Like, Keith Earls is a huge loss just before the game, but they, I, I think they're missing like a James Lowe. Uh, if I'm if I'm being really honest, I think they're missing someone like a Dougie Howlett or someone. Well, Carberry as well, massive loss. Like, Carberry's a big loss, ten, but I actually you know, he's think that they, yeah, he is. But I think that the gap between himself and Blandell isn't isn't as big as people think it is. Do you think? No, I don't think so. Uh, not a ten. Um, he could be the fifteen, but they just I harp on and on, on and on about this, but they're missing something there. That's the position there yeah. for me. The centres look strong. Uh, the, could they be more creative? Maybe, but I think that's probably down to maybe having one other person somewhere there. Uh, like, is is Farrell wasted at thirteen? Is he a twelve? Is he a pure twelve for you? Is he one of those guys who's going to be really physical like a Robbie Henshaw? Um, that's something that I, I I'm I'm unsure about the backline. Mm. I'm unsure that's the that's I think the killer part for them. I think they're missing a so piece of the puzzle think somewhere. A, you don't think it's a coaching like getting a new attack coach, it's personnel. I think a bit an, an attack coach could have a big impact. Okay. But I still feel like there's a there's something there yeah. that they're not like if you look at Leinster, I think without like I think James O has this very similar impact on them. I think the two guys I think their centres are better. That's one thing I do I'm I'm sure of that. I like Chris Farrell a lot. I rate him. The gap between those two guys, uh, between him and the two Leinster centres isn't as much. 
but Henshaw and Ringrose are really, really great players. Mm. They're really good. They're all, they're on Darcy and O'Driscoll's level, and they they work well as a partnership as well. They complement each other. They well. do complement each other very well. I think Munster just there's something there. They're not they haven't clicked there. There's kind of and I know they've been fairly they've had lots of injuries. That the combinations haven't really bedded in for a long time. That could be a factor. Well, Carberry and Murray have only played you know two or three matches together this season. Yeah, Munster. that could be a factor. Uh, I I'm convinced that they're missing a really explode someone that's just gonna do something out of nothing um, who's going to you know get you a gain line somewhere like I look at James Lowe and I think his impact the reason I was so adamant that they have to play him not because he's just a really good player but it's the physicality as well it's he just creates stuff out of nowhere he, he can bust through someone he can go through a tackle he gives you a big lift he's full of energy um, I'd, I'd love to see Munster go and acquire something like someone like that uh, it's not often you hear me Saying that you should go for a foreign player somewhere, but I think he'd be he would unlock the likes of the, the potential of a Conway, the potential of the of Earls. It would take the pressure off the guys in the centre a little bit. I, I I think that could be. I I didn't hear think think I'd hear myself saying it because I always want to see the Irish talent there, but sometimes you need a Dougie Howlett. Sometimes you need someone like that just to bring it, out the best it, in the group. It's just it is a quite a congested backline. Even though if you don't think they might maybe have a James Lowe-esque player like you do have in the back three like Keith Earls as well. You've Darren Sweetenham, you've Mike Haley, you've Andrew Conway. You know you've you know Shane Daly as well, who's a young you know. But only two of those yeah. guys are are yeah. like Keith Earls is world class. Andrew Conway's a good player, like a very very high mm. quality player. Um, but he's the only guy there in the back three who's world class. Like yeah. you could argue in Leinster, you know. Whatever you think about Rob Carney going forward, he certainly is world class uh, in the air and and his co his kick cover. James Lowe's world class going forward. Yeah, Jordan Larmer is probably on Conway's level, but but I'm convinced of. I'm, I'm fully convinced James Lowe is world class. No, no, and, I, I don't and he's that. and he's sorry. The difference with him and Keith Earls, uh, in my opinion, is the physicality part. Mm. Like Keith Earls is definitely as similar in broken field. He's like he's electric in open field and might even be better in open spaces but in the close space James Lowe provides something that Leinster ha like it's just that ballast it's just pure power he can go through you if he doesn't get a, get to go around you mm. Keith Earls is world class there's no doubt about that but that for, that's a difference that's a point of difference between the two guys is that he can go through guys he can get you go forward he can get you momentum in places where you shouldn't get it um that's something that I think they should consider. Like they need. To, uh, if I was if I was looking at the backline and I was looking at what I have, what I don't have, um, I think they have what you, what you have now is really good for the for a league campaign. Like if you're plugging in Sweetenham, he's still going to be class in a league match, but in a big Heineken Cup match, they need something alongside Earls. They need because I I think there's a marked difference between even Larmer at 15 compared to Haley and Rob Carney at 15 compared to Haley. There's a big difference. Yeah. No, definitely. And it's interesting when you look at, I guess, the last couple of seasons. Like They've gotten to the semi-final every year. And like each, each campaign was like pretty similar. Like They had really impressive quarter-final wins when they were forced to dig out victories. They were very good in the pool stage. And then each year, they've been pretty comprehensively beaten in the semi-final. Like, mm. I think they've lost seven semi-finals uh, since they last you know, won one. I think it was in 2008. So since that Croke Park game, they've lost seven in a row. And only one of them was by one score. So they, yeah. they've been good at getting to that last four stage for 10 years. But... You know, they just haven't had the... I, I just think it's the quality. I wouldn't... Like, oh, like, as you mentioned, they're missing maybe a James Lowe kind of character. Not like quality across the team because we know how good so many yeah. of their players are. They're just missing that... Maybe that... Yeah, that, that X factor. Or, uh, I, that's what yeah. I... It's just... More, it's, it, look, it sounds like a silly thing to say because everyone's going to say, oh, well, that's pretty obvious to say now. But like, that's... I think... 
it probably hasn't been said enough. Like people mm. have been disappointed in them. But if you look at Saracen's squad, like they have X Factor throughout it. Like they have like Billy Vinopola is X Factor. Marco Vinopola is X Factor. You know, uh, you look at and the depth as well. Like the depth is like so. The, like the Leinster Saracens benches are phenomenal. Like they're international benches. Yeah, uh, and like it's the one concern playing Saracens for Leinster is that they're the one team that Leinster can't uh, on sixty minutes go well. We have a better bench. We're going to have a better bench. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the one thing that's the concern. I, I think they may have, with a full complement, they might have a better bench, but it's a bloody tight call. Um, Munster, like, I actually thought Munster had a strong enough bench. It wasn't that, that, that wasn't a concern for me. It was, like, it's like, where are you going to break down that defence? Like, if it's not a kick, if it's not a high kick, and, like, with Liam Williams there and Andy, and, and sorry, not Andy Coote. Um, Alex Coote. Alex Coote, excuse me. And even uh, Strettle was brilliant though when he came. Uh, yeah, Strettle's very good going forward. He's still, he was a freak of an athlete, uh, like, in terms of pure pace. Like, he was he was one of the quickest players I've played against. Uh, absolutely embarrassed me in the RDS. Properly embarrassed me. Um, was it in Quinn's? It was not with Quinn's. It was with uh, Saracens. We pumped them on the day, but I'd won the worst ever games. I was absolutely tragic. I came back too soon from a medial ligament tear, I think it was, and Mm. I was overweight, not fit, and I I got absolutely (laughs) smoked a few times. I was like, I feel like I'm running quicksand here compared to him. Um, and you saw what he did to Leinster then for Claremont as well. Like he's yeah. really, he's so dangerous. So he was he was excellent. Um, and the two guys are very good. Liam Williams is is world class, I think. And good, very good as international player. class, but he's not. He's never shown it on the on the international stage. He hasn't got much of a chance to be fair. No, that's fair enough. But he's. I don't think he's in. I don't think his, he'll be as effective as he's been throughout the competition against Leinster. Would be my view. Why not? I think Leinster are better. They have a better backline. I think they're better defensively. They have better athletes across the park. Like there's yeah. no weak athletes in the Leinster team, um, and they defend quite well. They put pressure on them. Like I don't think I don't think Leinster will be bullied by the by the Saracens pack as badly as other teams mm. can be. You know I think they'll manage Billy Vunapola, and I think they'll manage uh, Mako a bit better than other teams will mm. be able to cope with them. And uh, Toje as well. You probably throw him in there. So. Uh, it'll be interesting. It's a, like it's an intriguing encounter. There's so many little battles within battles. Like the Sexton and Farrell one is like that's that's box office. You know, mm. you go and see those two guys in a kicking competition. Just the two of them on a pitch alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? You would. You'd like, but in a, in a full game when you're looking at every single, you're comparing every part of the game, the similarities in terms of mindset. Uh, that's going to be an that's going to be a cracking encounter. Those two guys. Well, um, and we're looking to go into it too much because we, we probably pre- preview this game pre- next week. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're pre- previewing yeah, our preview yeah, here. Previewing the preview. That's how good we are. Um, um, just want to ask get your opinion on a few things from last weekend. Uh, the Ulster Leinster game, a dead rubber. Uh, but good game though. It, uh, I enjoyed it. It was very physical. Like yeah, there was, the like, first thirty minutes were dire. Phases and phases. It was like I was. I quite enjoyed the attritional nature of it. I yeah. thought both teams defended quite well. And I thought there were some silly mistakes. Like, Jesus, there were some crazy mistakes. Like, um, But I wanted to get your opinion on that first half instant, Fergus McFadden and Sean Reedy. Yeah, look, that's always going to be a... That's a horrible one for me to comment on because yeah. I'm very close to Fergus. He's one of the only guys I still talk to. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say you'd be disappointed, you know. Um, yeah, God, it was it was very... Un- like, it's uncharacteristic for him. Like, I don't think he... I, I My sense of it was he wasn't going in to completely clean him out with it. I think it was more like he was going to yeah. go head-to-head, but, like, he just can't do it, yeah. so... Um, he, I don't know I don't know how the TMO... Well, we see what comes out of it, like, what, what transpires from yeah. the... I'd be very surprised if he... Like, it's a six-week minimum oh, I saw Ulster, like, yeah, like, I saw Ulster are 
like he's he's concussed and he was his oh, this like it didn't look like much, he kind of, it wasn't like he yeah, but they're hardly gonna take Reedy off just to play up that he's injured like to see what yeah did he like he he said he was fine on the ah look uh, but wouldn't be the first player to say he was fine when he had a concussion or he had a HA, like or he needed a HA. Yeah, but he was talking very coherently. It was like, do you know why you hear some guys and they're like, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And they're like stumbling around. Like yeah. he was, went, like ran over to the ref. He's like, I'm fine. But he's giving me, like he's headbutting me. So, like, yeah. uh, sorry, by the way, I'm, I wouldn't be, I saw Gordon, so Doris was there. Uh, I couldn't make out it was like whether it was like a, a cryptic tweet or something. Did you see that? <laughs> no, he was I like, didn't. He, he was like defending it. Or, uh, it that was what how did he say? Like, I don't know. He was talking about like really like pulling his jersey you can't pull his jersey and I was like yeah you can't and you should be penalised for that refs don't penalise that stuff enough but you can't headbutt him <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's the hardest thing for me to say because like you know <laughs> like he headbutted him so yeah. what am I, I going to say he's going to get banned for it I think, yeah. I'd say is so, what I would oh, like I, I don't think there's anything new in that I'm not adding anything fuel to the fire <laughs> yeah um, and I guess anything other bits of interest like some of the young players played well Jack McGrath put in a good shift for very yeah. good shift yeah like what do you make timely like, timely very timely uh like I, I don't think he'll be in the squad for the final though. Just, just no, I think Byrne has more. Uh, even though McGrath probably should be in there, should he? Like, would you, I he's think he's a lion. Yeah, hundred percent, he should be. I don't, he, like, that, that was a good performance at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like he look, they should a hundred percent pick Jack McGrath mm. at the final, but they won't. Probably not. No, you have to go with your guys. You got to go with your guys who are staying. Like. But like Jordy Murphy last year played a big role, you know. He was yeah, no, he did. Sean O'Brien's leaving, and he's going to be playing. Yeah. Um, uh, I just think they probably, the probably don't feel they probably the don't departure. feel like they're as short there, and they probably don't feel like like I, I would see. See, I would have a different view on that. I would think Jack McGrath's been an unbelievable servant, but like there's just been a, there's clear daylight between him and Keane Healy now, and he's like, well, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not playing enough time, and if I'm sharing some of my bench time or some of the big games with, with Burn now. Well, I have to go. I have to go. Like I'm sure he doesn't want to go to Ulster. I think he he'd like to stay in Leinster. Ideally, he's bought his house in in you know he's his house in Dublin. Um, his girlfriend's living in Dublin. Just opened up a, a business. Like uh, it's not an ideal move for him, but mm. for his rugby career, he's got to do it. I think it's an unbelievable bit of business from Ulster. I really think they've been they've acquired really really well the last couple of seasons. They just haven't been able to put it all together. And I think they got the they got the mix wrong. I always think you should go with your pack first. You should you need to load up your pack because otherwise there's just no point well, with your backs. Now. They are, and they have a few young guys to compliment uh, as well. But th- I think they've 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 got the mix right now. They've focused on the right areas. You look at Leinster, what turned it around for Leinster it wasn't the backs. Leinster have had a great backline for years. Like they really have. Uh, before Leinster were winning anything, they were always losers with. You know, they're always like certain losers, are such a strong <laughs> word, but they're always losing. Um, soon as Sean O'Brien, Keane Healy, Jamie Eastlip, all these guys, Reese Rodox, like these guys come through, come through, come through. That's what's made Leinster great. It's your pack, you build, you just start. If I was, if I was going in, and I was looking at a team that were, you know, haven't been performing, haven't been great the last couple of years, oh, the first thing I'm sorting out is my pack. Like you just, uh, I look at all these people. You're probably like first thing pack, second thing my kicker. Like the the next thing is my is my nine. Like there, if once like once you have those pieces of the puzzle fairly good, I think the rest is doable. Like you can manage and you can be a middle middle of the road team. The, like sorry, you can be better than the middle of the road team if you have a really strong pack nine and ten. The rest, you know, is cream on top of the cake. And what what do you make of this weekend's game? Then Ulster versus Connacht. It's a really intriguing game. Both sides have had like. 
really impressive seasons getting back into the Champions Cup. Ulster made the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup, Connacht in the Challenge Cup. Uh, you know, it, it feels like both of them, you know, have kind of reached their objectives almost because I don't think either of them realistically have a chance of winning the league, but it would be a huge for either of them to make a semi-final. But like, uh, sorry, I don't I don't think that with Ulster. I, I think Ulster could, could do some damage in there. I think Connacht, if they're... Problem is, they're, Connacht are away. They're not as good away. Um, Ulster At least shot. they beat Ulster for the first time since like 1960 this year in, in Ravenhill. Yeah, that's do you know what I mean? That's yeah. a shocking record. But at least they've they've ended it at least. They beat them. <laughs> 60 years is, is pathetic though. <laughs> for a two-horse race, like, come on. Um, yeah, that the Connacht I think might struggle away, but they're still a very good team. They're they're difficult on their day. Um, but they're not the team they were with under Pat Lamb either. They still have a bit of growing to do. It's interesting um, that Andy Friend has kind of gone with Kylan Blade in recent weeks, and like he, Marmion was really he, good, and I thought. Yeah, today he said he had a decision to make. Which way would you go if you were Andy Friend? I'd go with Blade. I think he's been really good, um, and I think he's probably played better for longer than Marmion. Even though Marmion's probably seen as the incumbent, but he's the he hasn't played badly, um, you know. And Marmion hasn't played well enough for long enough. He's kind of had lots of injuries and things, so mm. I get it. But I'd probably go with him. I like Marmion a lot as a player, actually. Yeah. He's very good. Um, they're humming along nicely. I think their pack, um, if they when they get a full complement together, Bielan back is actually big for them. Um, if they have him back, uh, I think they're, they're, they're dangerous. You wouldn't want to play them. I don't think you'd want to play them is the best compliment I can give them, but I think they're a little bit off the top, the top teams. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Jack Cardi goes the weekend. Someone was asking me the other day about, you know, Cardi and Rossburn and kind of the battle. Rossburn's better. Okay, <laughs> definitely. Sorry, yeah. I, there's no doubt about it. He's yeah. a better player because he was left out of the Six Nations squad. So Joe, obviously, uh, the rumor was that it was because he wouldn't go to Ulster. <laughs> oh, it was a yeah. A that was, that's the rumor. Yeah, like uh, that's like Joe it was a punishment thing. It was like they uh, they brought him in, tried to get him to go to Ulster, and he was like, no. I'm but he was going. in the November squad. Yeah, but apparently uh, that's listen. I'm only pure <laughs> conjecture. I'm just yeah. trying to. Well, let me spice it up, will you? <laughs> okay. Um, no, but like I think a delayed punch. Yeah, but I didn't. He only get in for one in one of them in um, November. Didn't I he? think he played, and Joey was both. injured, wasn't he? He played. I think he or played against Italy at the start and USA at the end of memory serves. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. Well, that's yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I think he's a better player. Yeah, I do think that everyone's going to say, "Oh, they go mental at me," but I think he's better. Yeah, like you saw, like the quality to get the kick against Ulster. Like, yeah, but he but he also missed like two or three other kicks in that game as well. And at the weekend in Ravenhill, he missed yeah, two or three kicks as well. But he he's come back strong. He's been, and he was brilliant against Toulouse. Like he's been brilliant against the proper like proper teams. Like on proper big occasions. No, yeah, he has delivered. He like has to a, lose at home. He's a very good temperament, like Dolly. Like he's that. not playing with the best team all, every every week either. Mm. Remember that, like he's not playing with Leinster's best pack every week. It's rare yeah, that he's he not does. playing with like the zebra pack either. Like no, he's not. That's that's yeah. absolutely a good point. But he's not playing with the first choice pack all mm. the time. So beware of that. Also, he's had like he hasn't had like Robbie Henshaw and. Um, and Gary Ringrose working together outside him all the time. He hasn't always had Luke McGrath there. Um, I, I would be. I, I'm, I've been really impressed with that guy. I love his tackling. I actually think Frawley's very, very close to him. I to really. Ross I lo I think Frawley's excellent. I like everything about Frawley. I like everything about Frawley. I think his tackling is. Love his tackling. I think he runs the game well. He makes good decisions. He's a guy that Leinster. Like he's going to be hard to hold on to. Like very hard. I th honestly, if I think anyone, if anyone was watching him play, they were like, uh, if you can't, if you if you're a coach and you look at him and you can't think you can bring him on to be a really top quality player, I think you're 
you're not uh, a big big praise for him because he hasn't played that much for Leinster this season he's, uh, he's gotten in a few opportunities that he's I, every time I watch that kid I really like him honestly I just think he's got a really nice temperament he's really tough he's very fit he, he's good fighting him he's gritty like he's got nice skills he's got a nice passing game um, I think if you were looking at him and you couldn't think you can bring that guy on to top class play, like to be a top class player um, playing him 15 or 20 matches well, a season then I'd be, I'd be, I'd be yeah. surprised. It's, 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 I think you're not a good coach. It's interesting because he won't be getting that, that opportunity in That's the near future. He's, he's yeah, a guy like, as long as Johnny is still there, you know, realistically, he'll be playing all yeah. the big games. Ross Brown will be mopping up underneath and playing the other games. So mm. where does Karen Frawley get in? Yeah, like I, I still think you know. If I think Ulster, uh, I, I did like the kid on the weekend. Um, the young guy was very good at uh, ten. He played fifteen. Big Phillips. I thought he was yeah. had a few good touches actually. Uh, looked like a nice handle of the ball. Still carrying it too much. Uh, that's a temptation that you get into as a good as a guy with good footwork. Like the the real effective way to do it, and you don't want to go away from it. You don't want to go away from that, but you have to find the balance where you're like ninety percent, ninety five percent, even sorry, probably ninety five percent, feeding a guy who who do, there's nothing on for him. Mm. You might be. Teeing him up to get smashed, but yeah. that's the game. Um, because the game, it, it completely loses. Like, I know some teams have it, but I don't think Ulster currently have it. it. There's someone that can step in if you go down as the ten and and play make on your behalf, and the game doesn't just stop at nine to four, nine to mm. four, nine to four. It doesn't stop there. Whereas I think that does stop for Ulster if he's in. So he needs to figure that out. But I, I actually liked him as a player. But I'd be looking seriously at Frawley. I think he's a class player. You're really bumping up his uh, his potential salary he can command now, you know, all this great... Well, look, that's not for me to do, but I, I, I'm i telling you, I like that kid. I think he's good. I think he's got a good temperament. I'd like to, and he's a good kicker. He's, like, he'll come on with the more big game he play, big games he plays. I like his technique. It looks like it's one that you can build around if you have, if you put him in enough pressure situations. Uh, mm. I like him a lot. Just one other thing from the Ulster game, it was, I think, Darren Cave's 220... Something appearance for Ulster. A hell of a lot of appearances. I think it was 20, brilliant. Two two seven. KB's one of the good possibly guys, his yeah. last game as well. Yeah. Carrying a bit of an injury, so I don't know if he'll be in selection contention. He's, he was really good. Got yeah, a great game. Yeah, but like so, as you know, as you met, you know him quite well. Like what? Mm. Sum up his kind of contribution overall to Irish rugby. Yeah, well, I, look, I would say it's probably more Ulster rugby, yeah. really, if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, you know, if he came into an era when Drico was playing, so look, his opportunities were always going to be limited there um, with the Irish team. Uh, but from an Ulster perspective, I think a guy who completely underrated, um, a guy who wouldn't have had really good top end pace, but he would have, he kind of reminded me a little bit of Will Greenwood. Kind of found himself in good positions all the time. Rarely got, rarely kind of got burnt because he was a smart player. Always found himself in good positions. A lovely facilitator. A good on, on his day when he's up for it, like an excellent tackler, an excellent defender. You saw how good he was on the weekend up in Ravenhill. Um, he's been an incredible servant one of the good guys in rugby um, I was delighted to see him go out in a high up in Ravenhill even though it hurt watching Leinster lose uh, because I think that's a measure of the guy he's always very pleasant even when you're competing for positions with him was all he was here and there and playing against him uh, always had a really nice like a really nice way about him and I think he'll go on he's a smart guy as well he'll go on to do whatever he wants Could to do afterwards and he'll be, oh he'll do that I'd say certainly he's really good at it actually mm. he looks like an absolute natural at it and he reads the game well as I said a smart guy so I'm sure he'll be a guy who'll have good insights into the game <gasps> excuse me um, but yeah good to see him bow out on a high uh, it didn't really mean anything from a Leinster perspective which was good um, uh, which made me I suppose <laughs> able to to appreciate it a bit more you never like losing up in Ravenhill but 
um, I was delighted for him and uh, just reward for a, for an excellent career and I'm sure he'll go on to great things afterwards as well Yeah, one other bit of news I guess and once again we're previewing our preview next week Jerome Garcez was announced as the referee for the Champions Cup final it got a lot of people Kind of, I don't know, worried is <laughs> yeah, the right word, so but I think some people, maybe from an Irish perspective, watched his performance in the Saracens game and thought he didn't referee the breakdown very well. He didn't referee the breakdown. Yeah. So he didn't, um, he didn't even have a chance to. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, badly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but what are you, so obviously you've given Yeah, dodgy, us, yeah. dodgy, dodgy. The French I, guys are dodgy, man. <laughs> They're poor referees, I'm sorry. They are just, the French referees... Like they'll ref like some of them like what purely referees momentum. If you're going forward, he just keeps giving you pens. Um, they 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 get flustered. I think a lot of my experience with with French referees, they get flustered making big decisions, and they'll make they'll be. He do well to send off Sonny Bill. Um, a lot of refs would have bottled that and given a yellow. Yeah, against, he, he, against yeah, fair enough. But I just thought some of the some of the uh, the ref the, the breakdown was just an absolute shit fest. Well, Maro Tajay in particular, I thought was. Like it was launching so, himself. It was bizarre. It was absolutely bizarre. Like they let some things go, and then one thing like there's a, like a the brandish a yellow for nothing. Like I, I, I wasn't that. I wasn't best pleased. I wasn't best pleased. Well, um, would it like would it were you from a perspective in any way, or, or can that like? I don't. I think he'll be bad for both teams. So no, <laughs> be my view. Yeah, I think Wayne Barnes probably would have gotten it if an English team wasn't I, I like Wayne, Bar- Wayne Barnes it's his last because, year as well yeah oh, is it? I, I'm surprised he didn't get it in that case he's been going good I think he's a guy who look they'll be assessing the games back so they'll think that Gar- like, look, Gar- I haven't watched Garces enough this year I, I'm, go- I'm basing it on one game which is really harsh because both teams were competing very hard at times the breakdown so I could be just completely flying off the handle I was disappointed from a Munster perspective I thought he, he he gave a few bad ones there was one really bad one where Conor Murray makes a break into the 22 and breaks were f- are few and far between the Saracens game and I think he pulled up later Tyler Tyler Blandell maybe if memory serves for mm. going too long to the, it was a perfect yeah. clean out it was a perfect clean out I, he had a few weird ones he'd want like I don't know I, I was just disappointed with the, with the quality of it I thought he was bad um Pulled up things that I thought that's harsh and missed other ones, and I was thinking that's a clear one to miss. So Maybe. they can't get everything. Uh, do you know what I will? Do you know what actually I'm going to say? Uh, and this I'm going on. I'm going on a complete uh, kind of on a tangent here, but it's on a point that I've been hammering for a long time. The offside line. Joy Nav- Neville was out. She was good. Actually, standing. Wasn't I thought. I actually, and I was part, I was part of me was like, but she just shut up. But like as in, like she's she's interrupting too much. But I was like, no. This is what you want. You've yeah. been calling for this for ages. She was very assertive. I thought it was. Gr- I thought mm. she was. I, I sat back and go, shut up. That's brilliant refereeing by by her. I was like in my own head. I was thinking, uh, stop interrupting the game. But then I was like, no, we don't. We can't organize the offside line correctly if they're not getting help. There's too much. There's too much to watch. I'd be far more focused on getting the referee looking at the breakdown every single time, just cleaning that out. Just start, and you just need to ping guys. Keep pinging them. Send guys off. It opens up the game. It makes it a better game. Just keep keep binning guys if they're messing around in there. You need to clean up the game there. I thought she was brilliant on the weekend. And, I, and it was on reflection. I know everyone wants the game to keep flowing, but I was like, and she was picking out the numbers. She was giving in the feedback. I, I just want to say she was brilliant on the weekend. And I'm not just playing 100%. the card. I'm not playing that card because I know everyone. everyone's so PC now and you can't criticise anyone who's... Oh, it's like you're, everyone's so PC. <laughs> Um, it's so counter it, it, like it's so counterintuitive do you know that kind of way because you know it is because you're supposed yeah. to be able to speak freely about things and we want everyone to have an opinion we want everyone to be able to you know be inclusive in that 
And if I, I bet you I couldn't criticise her without getting a lot of criticism myself, but she was, I thought she was outstanding on the weekend. I agree. I, I, I actually forgotten about it, but now, now that you mentioned it, I remember watching it at the time being like finding some uh, clear instructions coming from the touch judge regularly. And she kept doing it. Yeah. She kept doing it. She's like, offside, boom, offside, yeah. boom, offside, boom. It was class. And I, it was against Leinster and I was thinking, ah, part of my, my, my first reaction is always like, that wasn't, all, you know, but as soon as I looked at it, I was like, no, absolutely brilliant and she kept pinging him and they sent the guy off because of it it was brilliant that's exactly what you want in the game uh, and just one thing I wanted to ask you about because I think it's a really good idea you know, obviously at the weekend we had, we finished with two Interpros ideally you know there would have been more at stake you know you could have been maybe jockeying for position in the playoffs and I saw it's actually Jerry Thornley I'm low to credit a rival publication but he actually came <laughs> up with a, a, a good idea he's a great guy yeah, he's a good guy we came up with a good idea of uh, you know uh, uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh you know whoever has who get wins on aggregate gets like a trophy for you know the best Scottish mm. team should we bring back in like an Interpro trophy and whoever has the most points if you tot them up between the Interpros gets a, gets a trophy at the end of the season no why not <laughs> I just know it's like I think it's a good idea it's like the triple crown to me I'm like it is yeah but that, like the triple crown is still a thing yeah I always was like that's a silly trophy yeah <laughs> like See, you're in a competition you came <laughs> you could technically come third in the competition and win the triple crown. Like losers, no, but like, I, I just I, <laughs> you, you didn't. If you don't win the competition, you don't win. That's it. Like it's a silly. So you're calling those three triple crowns in four years under Radio Sutherland. You're calling those teams losers. Did they win the Six Nations? No, they did not. Well, then they're losers. Okay, um, simple as. Oh God. <laughs> That's the, they lost the competition. Some of the giant the Irish rugby being slammed and slated as losers. Yeah, well, they lost the competition. I lost it loads of times, so I'm a loser those times. But I won it a few times as well. You're in the you're in the competition. I never got it. I don't get it. So I just think I'm like... Every year I didn't, when I was in the Six Nations team, which were few and far between um, for various reasons. <laughs> so I, I'm happy to be called a loser on those occasions. Um, but the times we won it, I was like, well, that was what we were in. That was what we were trying to win. Yeah. We weren't trying to come second or third and win the Triple Crown. Fair yeah, enough. No, that is do you fair. Get, am I, am I, I, no, I do. I get, like, I, every yeah. time we didn't win the Six Nations, I was like, that was a, that was a uh, disaster. It's not a consolation prize. Oh, maybe it is. God, I don't know. I always was disappointed when we didn't win it. Yeah. Cause I always a, felt we could win it. I felt we had great teams. It's a funny one because like the Triple Crown used to be like, it was huge. I know, it was yeah. always a huge thing. Randomly, like, yeah. I think it's because we we spent so long, we couldn't beat Wales for ages. Yeah. We couldn't beat England for, you know, it was rare enough we, be, we beat England, which is fair enough with the numbers, but Wales is always particularly well, difficult. I think there was one year, I think it was maybe 1982, they secured the Triple Crown and they and the, and the championship and they had like, you know, three weeks until they played France and they just went out on the pitch for three weeks because they didn't really care about a Grand Slam back then because they'd won the Six Nations. Yeah, but maybe different times. Yeah. I, I would always have thought that like you're in it to win the Five Nations but or? back to my Interpro trophy slash Jerry nice Thornley's idea go. yeah go on go go so come. I'm, stealing, I'm co-opting <laughs> his back. idea uh, I just think it's, I think it would be a good idea because I just think it's, it's an interesting way to, to, to see who is the best provincial form at the end of each season I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be like oh we'll have a presentation and we'll do an open top bus tour because we won this, this trophy I, I just think it's an interesting like a Calcutta Cup or yeah, it's, it's like an that. interesting benchmark of how of who was the best amongst the provinces in any given season in terms of you know interpro games. I, I think it's an interesting idea. Personally, well, there you go. Will you entitled to your opinion? Leinster will be going it's a for a treble, treble <laughs> or a double treble. Sorry, if it had been in the last two yeah. seasons, well, maybe not this year. They haven't been that successful in the interpros this year. Yeah, no, they are. They, uh, they won by a point. Did they win by a point? Tony totted that up as well. Oh, so I'll steal that. Stat. Man, I'll steal that. I think that. No, always rely on Jerry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, sorry, I suppose it's it, it. You know what? Sorry, maybe I'm being a bit harsh. You, 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 are. you could build in maybe a bit more of um, 
I suppose, a competition within a, within a competition to perhaps hype things up a little bit more. Right? So I could see the value in it. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I could see the value from a marketing perspective. That's but, the thing um, we were talking about. Doesn't like, mean anything. No, like if you don't get it, if you don't qualify no, for obviously, it, if you come last in your pool in the Champions Cup and don't make the playoffs but win the Inter Pro, unlikely as that seems, it wouldn't be like a great achievement. But I, I just think as you said, like it's not. It, it's so harm for the promotional aspect of it, for the hype, for the for yourself, Will. So you could enjoy going to the games and say, "Oh, there's an Interpro trophy on the line there." Even exactly. if they can't qualify, <laughs> exactly. Like Ulster Leinster <laughs> this weekend, for instance. I was working. Oh, that's an absolutely oh, good idea. Oh, yeah, because oh, it give you something extra to write about. As myself well. and Rory <laughs> O'Connor were both in Belfast, and we were lamenting how it was the dead rubberiest of dead rubbers, and. This could have injected a big sense of urgency. Uh, no, sorry, not a big sense, a sense of urgency. The problem is, I suppose, that the, that because there's probably still a few teams that really are quite far off qualifying for the the playoffs, the game, the, those big games were two weeks ago rather than the last, you know, it didn't really come down. They were all kind of, it was all boxed off like with two weeks ago who was going to be in the playoffs. Um, it was just a matter of whether Munster could get ahead of Glasgow and that was really it, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that was the last. Like, we didn't really have a nail biter in the last weekend, so I get that. And you yeah. want to think you're always thinking, oh, how good would it have been if it came down to a Leinster v Ulster last game of the you know last um, you know regular season game to win the big Inter Pro Trophy to get to qualify <laughs> or to win. Yeah, like so I get it. Sorry, I do get what you're saying, but I don't. I was always very focused on. I always felt like a loser at the end of the season when we didn't win anything uh, and anything that we were actually like the, the main competition would yeah. be my view I always felt like I, the consolation prize stuff was garbage to me okay my my idea I, uh, no, well no, I say Jay Thorny uh, Jay Thorny is getting I'm here. not a marketeer though so there you go no. well it'll be interesting to see if this uh, CVC Capital buys a stake in the Pro 14 if they make look to make changes like, of that nature to make kind of cosmetic changes to the tournament to spice it up to sex it up to sexy it up um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like they seem to be a very like it'd be a very exciting acquisition. You know, anytime you get outside money in from things, it just it shakes things up. You, you end up being more aggressive. Um, you'd hope there's more funds available to promote the thing correctly. There's um, been talking potentially occasional midweek fixtures. But that could be that could be great. Like that'd be a brilliant buzz. I agree. Um, as long as there's the requisite rest period, you know, before and afterwards. Yeah. I, I don't see why it couldn't. Rugby's be Rugby's not going to be a game ever. I think that you're going to be able because like the only way you can make it that kind of like. It's the it's the issue. It's the one issue with making the the international competition is it's not like because it's so physical. Like mm. how many like if you play every 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 game in the year in NFL, it's eighteen games, isn't it? Isn't mm. that the max? Um, and they fourteen regular season games, and they're pretty much training like for whatever is it is it seven months pretty much, isn't yeah. it? But like they're training on their own more more probably more six months, but like it's fairly hard. You know, it's. Uh, rugby is is it's so physical, it's so attritional that I just think you have to be really careful. It's not like a soccer thing where yeah. you can go. Well, we have big, we have enough money to have a you know a, a big enough squad. It's not like that because it's you're. It's like waking up after a car crash. People ask me all the time, like you know, do you miss it? And I was like, no, you don't understand. Play a professional rugby game and get up on a Sunday after it like you're 90 years old getting out of bed and every single player will tell you that it, you are absolutely in bits after it like it's a it's a and it takes you till Tuesday before you're kind of feeling normal again 
Um, it's, it's like a, me after a big Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tuesday, uh, <laughs> Wednesday morning, sometimes depending. After on. 15 points, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not quite that bad, uh, but it, it's pretty bad. Uh, it, like it's it, even when you've got through a game and you've all your contacts have been clean and it's just you know it's there's still big collisions. So yeah. uh, regardless of how much you prepare yourself uh, for it, it's it's a big test every time you go out. So uh, midweek games is a challenge. There would you need have to, to be schedule yeah, it correctly. You need to schedule because I I could see like say even it was Leinster against the Cardiff Blues on a Wednesday night like the RDS would still get a decent crowd to that game like, oh, it, so. I think it would well okay the, the one issue is you probably have to have big games midweek you do because the school kids make up a, um, a big proportion of those games. Well, they've they I think they've marked like, it. They can still go. Ah, uh, they wouldn't. You wouldn't. You're not bringing. So they're all kids who are like kind of in primary school and stuff, and they all get cheap tickets to go to those games. To the, the, the lesser fixtures, I suppose. And that 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 creates. That's why Leinster have done a really good marketing job with that. Mm. They've made it. Like, they've made it a brilliant atmosphere around. They have all the games around the stadium, all that kind of stuff. Like they, they just don't get enough credit for it. They've made it a really nice place to bring your family. It's not that expensive to go down to it, and I think the model is there for all. Like for I think all the provinces are like can that's how, that's how you do. It. You get the school kids in because that gives them a bit of a bit of an appetite to go and say, well, I want to go and maybe go on and do this as a career. Or I want to stay interested. Or I'm going to. I always went to m- with my games, or so I always went to the games with my dad, with my mom, with all my friends. You might just keep going. Like I have lots of my pals who would have started going with in the kind of not not in the primary school. Age, but definitely in, in secondary school they would have gone regularly to the games and they love going all the time they go to all the games Friday nights in Donnybrook Friday nights in Donnybrook for a few pints like my boss in work is big into it he loves going to the, he always went to the, with a crew from work um, after on a Friday and they always that was just their thing so they've created a good atmosphere with it so uh, look that's that's the challenge with the midweek ones is can you get those people coming from work to have a few points I think you can do that but I think it has to be a big game that'll be yeah, my no, view it's interesting I, I'd be willing to see what, what it was like as a trial um, obviously, I think it'd be great yeah, as we mentioned good balls around Bulls Ridge yeah important to have like the, the, the rest periods built in so no one has to play it on like a four or five day turnaround but if it was yeah. done right I think it'd be really good uh, covered a lot we'll just finish up maybe with your predictions for the weekend's game Munster versus Benetton, as they're now known, not yeah, Treviso. I know, I made that mistake. Until I got the correction from the producer. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, Treviso? I was like, really? Do I have to? It's Benetton, is it? Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Benetton pay a lot of money, so they want their pound of flesh. Fair and enough. Ulster versus Connick, so I presume we're, you're picking Munster anyway. Munster, of course, yeah. And I'm going to go with... Um, go with Ulster. So we'll have a Leinster-Munster semi-final a week after a Champions Cup final. Exciting times. Very exciting. It's like it's a great couple of weeks for um great couple of weeks for the supporters. You know, I think these ones I think obviously the Connacht Ulster is gonna be a cracker. Um the Benetton I I got it right. And Munster, I think it'll be there'll be a bit of fighting them. They're a good team. You saw them against Leinster, but I think against the you know, when, when Munster have the, the full contingent down, I think they'll have too much for them. Um I like Munster. I like Munster for an upset um in the RDS. Uh I think you know, if they if they keep all the guys in the pack fit, like Leinster have got a, a couple of really tough weeks ahead of them. Mm. It'd be difficult on their pack. I'd be trying to bring them into deep waters as much as they can. Like Munster can do that with them. Joey Carberry should be back in the mix from what we hear. Um, I think he'll make a big difference. And Keith Earls, you'd hope, will be back, but we'll wait and see on that one. Mm. So um, 
I think that I think that could be a really tricky fixture for 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 Leinster. I'd be very worried about about that as a Leinster supporter. Well, a tough couple of weeks for Leinster, but an exciting couple of weeks for us, Luke. Thanks so much for joining me, and that's all. Really, we it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you oh, very much. Finally, <laughs> made to put a pin in this one. You just have to thunder back in. Go on, please continue. Let Gav go home. <laughs> well, that's probably your time for our and our Champions Cup preview, preview slash our Pro 14 quarterfinal preview. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on Independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening and goodbye.